Welcome. The following presentation from Answers in CME is part of an educational activity titled Rethinking Therapeutic Strategies for Squamous Cell Carcinoma of the Head and Neck, Promoting Apoptosis with Emerging Therapies. To access the full program and supporting materials, visit www.answersincme.com forward slash XRU860. This activity is supported by an independent educational grant from the healthcare business of Merck KGAA, Darmstadt, Germany. Hello, I'm Barbara Burtness. I'm a professor of medicine at Yale School of Medicine and a member of the Yale Cancer Center, where I co-lead the developmental therapeutics program and head and neck cancer research. And what I'd like to speak to you about today are unmet needs in managing locally advanced squamous cell carcinoma of the head and neck. We know that 50% or more of patients who have locally advanced squamous cell cancer of the head and neck will experience relapse of their disease, particularly for those patients who have HPV negative disease and those who are current and former smokers, prognosis is poorer and better treatments for these patients are badly needed. Many of these recurrences happen within the prior radiation field and radiotherapy resistance remains an important cause of poor survival for patients who have head and neck cancer. A very intriguing new avenue of study for these patients is targeting of the inhibitors of apoptosis proteins. These are proteins that can negatively regulate apoptosis, modulate the immune response, and appear to be overexpressed in concert with mutation in P53, the most common genomic alteration in HPV-negative head and neck cancer. If we look at treatment options for patients with locally advanced head and neck squamous cell carcinoma and start with the ESMO estro guidelines, for some patients, function-preserving surgery is appropriate. Based on the pathology, risk-based postoperative therapy can be offered either with radiation or with chemoradiation. For other patients, depending on stage and their fitness for chemotherapy, radiation or chemoradiation can be given as definitive treatment, and there may be an indication for the use of induction chemotherapy. Turning to guidelines developed by NCCN, we see that for early stage disease, surgery or definitive radiation is appropriate. As T-stage and N-stage rise, we're more likely to add chemotherapy to the radiation. And for some patients, resection followed by risk-based postoperative therapy may be appropriate. So head and neck cancer is highly curable with surgery followed by risk-based postoperative therapy or with definitive radiation-based approaches, but that for many patients, particularly those with locally advanced HPV-negative disease and those who are current and former smokers, the cure rate is not as high as we would like it to be. And for this reason, we're actively investigating new approaches to improve the activity of radiation therapy in head and neck cancer. In the next session, let's discuss the role of the inhibitor of apoptosis proteins in cancer progression and the rationale for their use as a therapeutic target in locally advanced head and neck cancer. The key goal of this section is to review the potential role of the inhibitor of apoptosis proteins in cancer progression and why we think they are good targets in head and neck cancer. The inhibitors of apoptosis is a group of eight proteins, including Survivin, the X-linked inhibitor of apoptosis, XIF, CIF, and others, interfere with the activity of caspases 3, 7, and 9 to reduce the likelihood that the cell will progress to apoptosis. 
This is a rather complex pathway. It can be activated either extrinsically through the TNF-alpha receptor, or it can be activated intrinsically in response to cellular stress and DNA damage. And we know that head and neck cancers actually at baseline have high cellular stress and DNA damage because of hypoxia, because of loss of guardians of the genome like p53. And when we give anti-cancer therapies that are DNA damaging, such as cisplatin chemotherapy, such as radiation, there is further cellular stress, replication stress that arises from those insults. And so when these pathways are activated, the first thing that we see happening in the extrinsic pathway is activation of caspases, which are enzymes which participate in the breakup of the cell during apoptosis. In the intrinsic pathway, signals go through mitochondrial signaling to increase cytochrome C and SMAT. This then fosters formation of the apoptosome together with caspases, and this takes the cell forward to apoptosis. Because we rely on apoptosis as the final step of cell killing from DNA damage modalities like platinum and radiation, the existence of intrinsic inhibitors of apoptosis is a potential barrier. The fact that the inhibitors of apoptosis are overexpressed in head and neck cancer and that they're overexpressed somewhat in parallel with p53 mutation make them particularly intriguing as targets for therapy. In the next session, let's review the preliminary efficacy data for the inhibitor of apoptosis protein antagonists that are currently in development. In this session, we'll review the preliminary efficacy data for inhibitor of apoptosis protein inhibitors currently in development in the clinic. I'd like to start with a pivotal phase two trial compared chemoradiation with the XIAP inhibitors of Inipant with the same chemoradiation schedule given together with a placebo. Patients were eligible who had previously untreated unresectable stage 3, 4A or 4B, locally advanced head and neck squamous cell carcinoma of the oral cavity, hypopharynx, larynx, or oropharynx, and four oropharyngeal cancers, both HPV negative and HPV associated or P16 positive cancers, were eligible. The primary endpoint was local regional control at 18 months. We've now seen the three-year follow-up results from this trial, and they're remarkable. So looking at the investigator assessment of disease progression. Median PFS was not reached in either arm, but the three-year progression-free survival went from 56% in the chemoradiation placebo arm to 78% in the zavinapan chemoradiation arm. The median overall survival with placebo and chemoradiation was 36 months, and it was not reached for zavinapant. And looking at three-year results, this went from 51% to 66%. The results for progression-free survival are quite good for a predominantly HPV-negative population. It's important to bear in mind that this was a small study with 48 patients per arm, but I think the results in the Savinipant arm have been seen as extremely promising and worthy of further study in a formal phase three design. We do have very active investigation going on into various antagonists of the inhibitors of apoptosis in phase one. There's great interest in advancing antagonists of IAPS into the management of local regionally advanced head and neck cancer, both in the definitive and the re-irradiation setting. 
And there are a number of other targeted therapies which also seek to exploit pathways that are related to DNA damage repair, mitotic checkpoints that really exploit the fact that many HPV-negative head and neck cancers have loss of P53. Adavacertib is an inhibitor of the mitotic checkpoint kinase We1. This has been studied in combination with cisplatin and radiotherapy. We're expecting results from the phase one trial with Bersacertib, an ATR inhibitor later this year. DNA-PK inhibitor, Pepazertib, has been studied together with radiotherapy with or without platinum. And another ATR inhibitor, Seralacertib, is in phase two trials. In summary, there's active investigation into the introduction of targeted therapies with chemoradiation in head and neck cancer, targeting WE1, ATR, and DNA-PK, and Savinapant, which targets one of the inhibitors of apoptosis, and where we've seen mature phase two data. Let's review the key safety concerns associated with emerging IAP inhibitors. Because of the large experience in head and neck cancer, let's start with Savinapant. We have three-year follow-up safety data from the randomized phase two trial. If we look at acute safety events for zavinapant chemoradiation as compared with placebo chemoradiation, we see very comparable safety profiles. Acute kidney injury of grade one to three is 21% for zavinapant as opposed to 15% for placebo. Pyrexia is quite similar. Stomatitis is quite similar. AST increases are 19% with zavinapant as opposed to 6% with placebo and Oral pain is 14% compared with 6%. All grade late toxicity is 66% for placebo with chemoradiation and 75% for zavinapant with chemoradiation. Dry mouth, 23% versus 31%. Dysphagia, quite comparable, 12.8 to 14.6%. Fibrosis, 10.6 to 12.5%. And deafness or hypoacusis, 12.8% compared to 10.5%. Looking at some of the other inhibitors of apoptosis, which have not been extensively studied in head and neck cancer, but where we do have safety data from phase one trials, varinopant has been shown to have some impact on lymphopenia and has not been associated with high-grade renal injury. If we look at telinopant, also known as ASTX660, we see that the incidence of diarrhea rose a little bit through dose escalation, and there was some nausea and vomiting. However, once again, no significant signal with respect to renal injury. And LCL161, again, from dose escalation experience, some association with nausea and vomiting and a few patients with cytokine release syndrome, but no association with acute renal injury. So in summary, these agents appear to be safe and they appear to be safe for incorporation with chemoradiation, including cisplatin-based chemoradiation. In the next session, let's discuss where the inhibitors of the inhibitors of apoptosis proteins might fit into our treatment paradigm should they continue to demonstrate acceptable efficacy and safety. What I'd like to do now is review where antagonists of the IAPs might eventually fit into the treatment paradigm for patients with head and neck squamous cell carcinoma. And I'll start by showing you the design of the TriLink study. This is an ongoing international phase three trial for patients with histologically confirmed, unresected, locally advanced head and neck squamous cell carcinoma. Patients are eligible who have stage 3, 4A, or 4B cancers of the oropharynx, hypopharynx, or larynx, but if it's oropharynx, they must have HPV-negative disease. 
Patients are required to have a performance status of zero or one. The experimental arm is IMRT 70 gray together with high-dose cisplatin, and patients also receive zivinipant. Once they finish, they go on to zivinipant maintenance. Again, day one through 14 of a three-week cycle for three cycles. Patients need adequate hematologic function, adequate renal function, and adequate hepatic function. Patients are excluded who have nasopharyngeal, paranasal sinus, nasal or oral cavity cancer, salivary, thyroid or parathyroid gland pathology, skin or unknown prior, primary site, and they may not have received prior definitive or adjuvant radiation to the head and neck. Patients are also excluded if there's evidence of distant disease. Varinopant, another antagonist of IA, is being studied in combination with intensity-modulated re-irradiation therapy in patients with locally recurrent disease. Here, patients have to have histologically or cytologically confirmed locally recurrent disease, and they may have nasopharyngeal or sinonasal cancer. Both HPV-negative and HPV-associated cancer patients are eligible for this trial. Prior treatment with immunotherapy is accepted, and patients may have performance status of 0, 1, or 2. In addition, there's a currently active phase one trial of the inhibitor of apoptosis antagonist telinopant together with radiation. So in summary, HPV negative head and neck cancer and locally advanced head and neck cancer in current and former smokers continue to carry an unfavorable prognosis and we need new therapies for these patients. As we look at potential targets, one of the most promising is to introduce antagonists of the IAPs. And of these, Zivinipan, which targets XIAP, is quite far along with a mature randomized phase two trial and an active phase three study currently accruing. Thank you for listening. Please visit www.answersincme.com forward slash XRU860 to view all program materials, complete the post-test, and get a certificate.